Darren, we better turn around. Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. Whose blood is that? Is that your blood? No. Fuck you, man. Welcome to the Dead Harvey Podcast. This is the podcast for indie horror filmmakers and fans. This is where we're trying to find indie horror projects that are worth noting that might not be on your radar to try to find new audiences for them. And we're also trying to find new information and cool stuff and give tools and resources to indie filmmakers and indie horror filmmakers, particularly because we want to see more indie horror. And today's episode is really going to double down on that, that we want to see more indie horror. Uh, but before we get to why, what we both watched that we want to get to more indie horror is we do have to give a nod to the fact that it is, in fact, we're recording this on Friday the 13th. So, <laughs> exactly. You got to give a nod to Jason. You can't, you can't not give a nod to Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees when it's Friday the 13th. I used to have a Facebook update every, every Friday the 13th. Voodoo Jason. is having a sale right now. Friday the 13th digital sale, all eight movies. For $13. So $13 or $13.99, I think. But if you want to hit that up, well, actually, by the time this records, it'll be worthless because it's a one-day sale only. But That's I thought that true. was kind of cool. But they don't have Jason Goes to Hell. They, they're only considering, uh, you know, one through eight. I, on the Friday the 13th sales, they always go through one through eight, but they never include Jason Goes to Hell or or, J- or, uh, or, or Jason, Jason X. X. You know, yeah. Jason, yeah. By the way, Jason X and Jason Goes to Hell mm-hmm. are two fantastic films. Yeah, I love both of them, yeah. Uh, Friday yeah. the 13th, well... Um, Jason goes to hell, gets some slack because Jason's not in the movie because it's more of like a, well, he is, but he's not in it as much because it's more of a body snatchers thing. But if you look, but I think Friday, but I think that Jason goes to hell is pretty enjoyable. I actually really dig that movie, but you know, Jason really didn't show up as Jason until the third movie because first movie was the mom. The second movie was the leather bag over his, or, or the, the gunny sack over his head. And then it wasn't the third movie until he got the mask. So. Yeah, but I mean, by the time you're getting to Jason X, I mean, yeah. it's, it's time to reinvent things a little right, bit. Right, right. And I remember being like, because there's only so much, like, I would say the low point was probably Jason Takes Manhattan, where it was actually filmed in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. And it was just kind of like, I mean. In Vancouver, New York? Yeah, he was, was based <laughs> yeah. in Vancouver, York. Uh, yeah, uh, or like uh, that that Jackie Chan. Or what, what was the movie that said it? Where it clearly had the the skyline of Vancouver and it says mm-hmm. Hong Kong. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it was like it just it, no one. You're not even making a joke about it. Yeah, like I think it had the Canadian flag. <laughs> yeah. um, but like Jason takes Manhattan for all it's worth. You know, I did enjoy it. I'm not going to lie, especially you know like the guy when he boxes the guy on the top and he and he, and he, and he yeah. cuts the guy's head clean off. There, there's good stuff, but that was a low point. It's like, how many times can we do the exact same thing and just come up with a new way? Because if I remember correctly, a boat, how, I don't know how a boat ran over Jason, yeah. considering he's supposed to be in a lake. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it, but maybe he was in the ocean in, in, in whatever one came before that. And then he gets dragged behind a boat mm-hmm. to Manhattan and then comes out and takes Manhattan. But that was kind of a low because there's so much, you know, only so much you can do. So they had to reinvent it. And I remember thinking Jason X, uh, was a pretty good, like it took is a good twist on on what's going on. Not to mention which one was when Jason goes to space. That was well, that's, that's Jason X. Yeah, and usually that is well, Jason X. Yeah, the strange thing about that one, Jason is goes he, to hell. Jason goes to hell was the one where uh, that, yeah, it was that actually was, a lot different. Yeah, yeah. So well, um, now the Jason in space one with Jason Nine broke the that's mold. That's Jason because, Nine yeah. because most movies 
um, go to space in part four, like Leprechaun four, Critters four, Hellraiser four, all take place in space. But Jason waited till ten. But that's because the franchise was originally supposed to go to like thirteen. Yeah. Uh, so we still haven't gotten there yet because uh, Freddy versus Jason doesn't really count as an actual Jason movie. But no, no, no. Okay, that's true. I was mixing the mm-hmm. two of them up. Jason goes to hell was the one that had the different twist on it, where it was like the spirit of Jason. Yeah, he would go into. Yeah. Remember, he went into like the the coroner's body and like, yeah. at the yeah. very beginning, it gets twisted uh, around, and, and then he eats the heart, and then it switches between all the different people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one. And then I don't think you actually really see Jason. Is it the very end? Like he bursts. Like I think I haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, I've seen it several times, but it's been quite a while since I've seen yeah. it the last time. But I, but I do think that there's there are sections in there where he's well. I mean, at the beginning when he gets slaughtered by the FBI yeah. agent that brings him out. No, there, that, and that's then, like, the opening of it. Yeah. Everybody pummels the... all the bullets into him. But yeah, I think he comes back again in some form and then of course you see freddy's glove coming out of the grave that sets up freddy versus jason at the yeah end but yeah. yeah but it was the one it actually had the good opening which was like seemed all stereotypical but then yeah pummeled, pummeled by the fbi because it's a trap and then the, and then he goes to the coroner's office and then the coroner eats the heart and then basically the spirit of jason gets transferred between people but if i remember correctly it's sort of like the last 15 minutes the jason's actually in it and you know, he bursts through something because he comes back to life and then yeah uh, yeah and then and then you get him and i remember cheering as a kid about it but i remember oh, kind of yeah. like it liking the concept that they, they put there and then of course jason x goes to space you know why not like we needed something new anyhow uh nod to jason because we are recording this on Friday yeah 13th, and i feel so. guilty for not taking the day off work and watching friday the 13th movies all, all of them back to back to back to back to back yeah so i should have done it as an american citizen yeah by the way there was also what was it, it was jason or Friday the 13th, four or five, where he wasn't in it either. It was just the, that was the telekinesis one, right? <laughs> oh, that was a uh, seven. Seven was the, seven? the telekinesis, yeah. yeah. They do all kinds of weird stuff in the Friday the 13th sequence. Yeah, if you, if you look back, you can't give sl- uh, flack to, to to nine for being too out of it when it, they, they have done it before. Jason. Yeah, the really series has not had uh, a lot of consistency all the way through. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so, part nine at least was was super enjoyable. Actually, all the Friday Thirteenth movies yeah. are pretty enjoyable. Whether it's like in like trashy ways or like action horror ways, or through like the Alice Cooper soundtrack of Part Six, which is my personal favorite, mm-hmm. um, Jason Lives, which is great. No, then, oh no, Jason, that's, that's fun. Like it, it's all coming back. It's been a, it's been years since I've watched a Friday Thirteenth movie, but I remember going back well probably christ 15 20 years ago like i would think a couple weeks wouldn't go by where i wouldn't throw a friday the 13th in. yeah because I, I, I like it's they're coming back to me about all of them but like yeah anyhow, they're very good but anyhow, that's not what this episode is about so getting back to what this episode is about i watched and then it recommended to you to watch uh, it's on shutter it's a it's a it's a werewolf movie called teddy yeah uh, it's low budget and i don't want to say low budget like your typical ultra low budget it's just it's it's an indie film for sure yeah and it does have a little bit of CG in it. The CG is not great, but they, they use it very sparingly. Uh, I believe it actually screened at Cannes, Con, yeah. whatever. Uh, it's a French film, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's not dubbed. It's, uh, uh, anyhow. It's got I subtitles. Watch- the Shutter never, like, usually shows anything anything with uh, dubbed. It's yeah. usually all the foreign movies usually subtitled on there. There That's may fine. be a couple of exceptions, but yeah. Yeah. But, like, watching this movie, first off, it's clearly, there, there, there's two things that I took away from it. One they were really good with their characters. Like it was kind of like, you know, it was inter- like, you know, when you start off, it, it, like, obviously when you're on a lower budget, you're not starting off with, you know, like some massive action set piece, you have to like mm-hmm. build characters. And they did a good job of establishing the world with this kind of 
like I don't call him a loser, but he's kind of like this punk kid who's who's at a funeral. It's funny. It's kind of this weird scene where he's making fun of these guys because they're spelling a name wrong on the on the funeral uh, thing, which is his grandpa, and he gets kind of out. Anyhow, I was like, they did a good job of keeping it kind of funny, establishing the characters. But the more I thought about it, watching it, I was like, and you and I have talked a lot about how the fact like Hollywood is just in this sort of weird space. Where it's, oh, yeah. it's it, like they're they're spending so much money on these movies, and 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 re- realistically, the business model, especially now when they're not getting the people, it's like, oh my god, we totally failed with a fifty million dollar opening. And my point is, watching Teddy, I was like, and we can talk through this and come up with stuff. It's like what Hollywood's missing is, and what they used to do in the past a little bit, and they don't do anymore. And in watching Teddy, I was like, the idea of a werewolf if you gave that to Hollywood and they, they would probably want to show CGI packs of werewolves, they'd shoot all these right. big action sets. The fact that he disappears into the woods, then gets, gets scratched or bitten or whatever it is. He comes out and it's just a little bit of blood. The fact that he's like, I guess my whole thing is that we can noodle on, on, on other films that do this really, really well, but it's taking a really big concept and then only showing the scope in a very small way, right, which right. alludes to this bigger world. And it's a smarter way. It's just a smarter way to make a movie because you can allude to a big world. You can allude to all these crazy, fantastical things, but you don't have to show it. And I think Hollywood's gotten to this point where they don't hide anything. Like everything is, is, has to be shown. And not only, like, look at the difference between like a zombie film. I was thinking about zombie films, like take World War Z versus say Fido. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you look at World War Z. The, the whole concept was that I was like, no, we got to show everything. We're showing swarms of CG zombies, and it's got to be big, and we got to show this big apocalyptic, uh, you know, CG world. But you take like Fido, which, by the way, is not a good apples to apples thing. But it's like, okay, it's dude in makeup, but we've already established, we already know what zombies are, and we keep the whole idea small. We allude that zombies are here, mm-hmm. and, and, and we're and we're past the fact that they're infecting people, and we're controlling. It. You can deal with a big concept and keep it small. And I thought Teddy did a very good job at that. That it's, yeah. a were- it's a werewolf movie. This guy gets bitten by a werewolf. And the whole movie, is it's got violence. It's got gore. There's a lot of different stuff that's going on with it. But it kept the whole thing small. And I thought that yeah. was a really good idea that Hollywood has completely forgotten about. Well, it was like um, what did what the French did really well, which is awkward coming of age story. Like they get like the awkward, like cringe, embarrassing moments of growing up. And the movie Raw had that a lot. And then they also mix the body horror element in it, which makes up for like a lot of the budget stuff. So what they do, what they what they lack in budget, they make up for in freakiness. So like this movie had that. Like there's a there's a scene in there where like the kid is like he's eating his girlfriend out, and then he's like he starts as the werewolf, he starts growing like all this weird like hair on his tongue, so he tries to shave. His tongue and like all this blood comes out of it and then like there's a there's a a hair that grows out of his eyeball and he has to like pluck that out of his eyeball so there's weird like freaky body horror stuff that's in it like this and the and the kid is sort of like he's he's awkward but he's sort of he's sort of likable just because he's such an outcast and so you, you kind of sided them. It also reminded me a lot of Teen Wolf. Like if they scaled the budget mm-hmm. of Teen Wolf way down, because Teen Wolf had a lot of that like awkward him trying to fit it in as well too. And he was sort of the outsider from the town. His family was the outsider from the town as well too. Yeah, um, but I yeah, but I mean, they, like to me, the whole thing is like I looked at it, it was like if you gave Hollywood th- th- this idea, forget the script, like the idea. Yeah. It would have to involve so much more. Everything would have right, to be right. shown. Everything would have to be done. It would have to be over the top. 
And they decided to dig deeper into the character and the character story and allude to this, mm-hmm. you know, this bigger thing. I mean, they don't really even touch on it. It reminded me a lot too of like American Werewolf in London. Probably the it first. did. It reminded me quite a bit of that, except he was a lot more like his character in American Werewolf in London was a lot more, uh, or was a lot less of an outcast. He was much more like the regular average Joe. That like, yeah. Or like, kind of like the popular kid in high school that like had something terrible happen to him. Like he hit it off with a nurse right away in that movie and she instantly fell in love with him. Or in this movie, this kid's got like a crush on his girlfriend. His girlfriend's like, get away from me, you weirdo. That like keeps progressing like throughout the movie as the kid becomes more and more of an outcast. But there is like a certain thing where like he gets hunted down, like happens in American World from London. So it totally reminded me of like American World from London. Yeah, Teen Wolf, and then the freakiness that the French always add to movies. What struck me the most is how small they kept the story. Not a lot of characters yeah, in it. Definitely. Not a lot, a lot of characters. The CG that they did do, it wasn't too overblown, right? Like it was just kind of. Used, oh, there was right? just flashes of it. Yeah, if you're, if you're watching this movie for like werewolf effects, you're, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be but disappointed. If you're, but as like a werewolf story, it's a pretty cool different take on it. Yeah, yeah it's a different we'll take. And it is, it is, it's not a really, a, a, I mean, it is kind of funny at parts, like, like mm-hmm. the scenes you're talking about, but it's also, it's not a fluff movie. No, right? not like, at all. It, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's got some pretty gory scenes in it. And it did remind, and like, like first off, talk, like, there's the, my two favorite werewolf con- conversion scenes in film. One of them, the, the first, most important to me being American Werewolf in London. Oh yeah, but, unrivaled as of yet, yeah. Well, but, except for there is that one with Benicio Del Toro, which the rest of the movie sucked balls. Oh, but, you're talking but, about Wolf? Yeah, no. but but his actual transformation mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Wait, wait, Nicholson was in the one called Wolf. No, Nicholson was in Wolf. Was Benicio Del Toro was, was it just Werewolf? It was probably just Wolf Man, I think it Wolfman. was. Oh, no, you're right. I think it was the remake <laughs> yeah. of Wolfman. It was the remake <laughs> yeah. of Wolfman. But anyhow, like, so American Werewolf in London, though, if I remember correctly, they didn't really show them getting attacked by the werewolf. It just kind of comes, like, like it was almost a similar thing. And I can't remember. It's been a long time. Well, they show, like, sec- yeah, yeah. Well, they're when they're out in the moors, like when they go to the slaughter yeah. lamb, and they tell them, and, like, and, like all the locals there they're like stick to the road stay away from the moors when they kind of veer from it and then you like hear the wolf attack but it's really dark yeah. out there but yeah, then there's like much. but it's freaky though but there are they do show like like the werewolf transformation scene is awesome and there are scenes yeah. where the wolf is attacking people but they don't show the full wolf it's like you see the behind the scenes the half wolf mm-hmm. it's like the puppet it's because they have a puppet like running to somebody and somebody's puppeteering like the back side of it but they they show just enough so that it's like super freaky but I mean, that's that transformation scene is the best I've ever it's, seen. It's, it, yeah. I, it just stuck with me forever. Yeah. Like, I started, but what I mean about it is the first, I'd say, 80% or 90%, uh, like, except for that, the, the last scene in American Werewolf in London when he runs muck in the streets and yeah. being hunted down. Take that scene out of it. Most of American Werewolf in London was just a handful of characters. Like, when he did his first, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. There wasn't a lot of characters. They were in hotel rooms, they're in really confined spaces. So you took this big concept of a, of a werewolf. And the fact that this guy was one and you isolated him, like he was like the first transformation that he did, the one that sticks with you was like, look at the difference between that werewolf with Benicio del Toro, sorry, Wolfman with Benicio yeah. del Toro and, and American werewolf in London, American werewolf in London. He's in a hotel room, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. all by himself. And he has this just horrifying. It's just a series of close-ups too. Yeah. Really, yeah. Until they show the full scene of him and you can see his back cracking and all that. Type of yeah. Shit. Yeah. But when they did uh Wolfman, of course, it's almost like a Marvel scene where there's like, you know, a hundred people watching in right, the science yeah, room right. and the CG of him going. I just remember thinking, wow, that's a cool transformation because, you know, they don't do it too much. But um, but yeah, that's what, so what it made me think of. It's like I love the idea and it's something that missed on Hollywood. And you and I always kind of slag on the fact that Hollywood has to it is just 
it's not that it's just that the model doesn't seem to really work that well anymore because it's 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 it seems to be blown up on itself because they show too much. This whole idea of big concept with not having to show it. This is where there's a lot of movies and we've mentioned it before, like uh, Ryan Reynolds and Buried, like mm-hmm. big concept, but one little. He's just in a coffin. The entire movie takes place in a coffin. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and this this post another one like even going back like look at like a Mad Max right Mad oh, Max yeah. is a low budget movie they took a huge concept of of like everything that's going on in the world in this post apocalyptic world but all they did was take a bunch of shitty old muscle cars put some guys in some costumes in the desert and then and then and then film the story around granted mad max is fucking awesome but uh but they took a huge concept and were like how can we do this smaller and cheaper right yeah and i think that that whole concept is totally lost on on hollywood right now i'm trying to think of other movies that are like this yeah there's a bunch that are like under i guess you could say like under 10 million dollars that have been big hits like that like well even when you look at like the original halloween which was like a hundred thousand dollars or so or when you look at like well there's a movie called primer which is a sci-fi sort of time travel movie that i think was made like around 10k but there's a bunch of or like that or if you look at like the original you know um uh, El Mariachi, which was like, which was filmed on like seven or eight grand after yeah. Rodriguez sold his body for uh, to medical science. <laughs> but of course, the, the sound mix they put in was like three hundred fifty grand or whatnot. And then he had to re-edit it. But the original thing of what he made was like on seven or eight grand. Yeah, yeah. but there's, but that had like a totally big budget like action movie feel to it when he was just doing it, where he could run around and get away with a lot of stuff without permits. You know. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I just like just watching it. I was like, fuck, you can do so much with an idea. And then really, what like what like Hollywood must sit in a boardroom and go okay uh there this is clearly about uh the uh the uh, it's a post-apocalyptic movie so we better show the apocalypse how are we going to show this and how are we going to make this all happen whereas like i would think around like well like like well what can we do that alludes to the fact that this has happened we don't actually it's a very roger corman thing roger corman used to used to say like well what's the easiest thing we could do instead of showing the car crash can we just actually light a fire in a corner of a car that we can blow Mm -hmm. out and then it makes it look like a car crash and and the, and the thing is, like, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. You can allude to a big story, and 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 keep it very small, like and character driven. And, and I think it's, um, I think like looking at Teddy and looking at a bunch. I was trying to think of other examples. Cube is another one. Have you seen Cube? Oh yeah, I remember when Cube first came out. Yeah, where it's like it'll happens in like they have to find their way out of this labyrinth. I think yeah. that was like made on like one to three million or something like that. It was made well, on too. next to nothing. Yeah, and basically they had one set. And basically mm-hmm. what they did is they just kept doing the whole idea is you're in one cube, like in one yeah. basically white room. And then you had to find your way out of that white room to get to the next white room. Well, they just had one white room and they kept filming and changing the same room yeah. over and over again. But they alluded to the fact that they're trapped in this massive labyrinth. And I believe if I remember correctly at the end, they didn't even show where they were. The guy finally finds the exit and it's just a bright light shines in his face, but it's like this, this movie with huge ideas, but really all they had is probably one soundstage and four actors. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, 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 and they were able to craft that story in a way that made you, you, you believe the entire big story, but you're in the small one. Now zombie movies oddly could do this all the time. Like you don't have to do much to establish that you're in a post-apocalyptic zombie world. But if all of a sudden you opened up a movie and there's just three dudes sitting in the woods, they kill a zombie Therefore, mm-hmm. we've established that zombies exist and we're in a zombie world. But then let's concentrate on these three guys as they go through the woods or stay in one location. That whole big world is still there. Yeah, you can definitely. concentrate on those characters. And I think Hollywood's missing that and indie filmmakers need to think more around that because it's a it's a great tactic. 
Do you remember the Mad Max? I don't know if it was a Mad Max ripoff, but it's one that I saw as a kid and actually really liked. Remember Defcon Four? Yeah, I've never seen it. But that wasn't that like a Canadian horror, or Canadian sci-fi horror movie no, too, it was right? Canadian. It could have been. It could have been Canadian. It was just a ripoff of that when post-apocalyptic movies. I think Mad Max set it off. There was a series yeah. of eighties post-apocalyptic movies. And looking back, I remember as a kid thinking it was rad. But then, like when I went back to watch it later and looking back on it, it was just a bunch of dudes like in a trailer park filming this post-apocalyptic movie. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then they put a <laughs> fancy cover art with it and yeah. then alluded to a big story. And I kind of miss that. And I think that's the whole point of this for me is that I think people need to, you can think as big as you want, post-apocalyptics, vampires, werewolves, slashers, whatever it might be, paint the biggest picture you can and then find a little piece within the middle of it and just concentrate on that on your as your story. That's your film. Yeah. Look how kind of like a um, big idea a boy and his dog was that one with Don Johnson where he's walking around the post-apocalypse with his dog. And it's sort of like in another way, it's kind of uh, reminiscent of Hell Comes to Frogtown at the Roddy Piper one reason the post-apocalypse. Oh, he's like, it's a classic it's a <laughs> yeah. classic uh toad warrior the sequel was not as high budget as uh help comes that was like the highest budget of the don jackson movies who was made super micro up until that one yeah no i mean it's tough to think of of other movies that did this there's a lot of like in the 80s and 90s i just remember that it was something in the 80s and 90s that was allowed to be made because when, when you got a movie out there realistically oh it didn't make it to the theaters oh well it's on vhs and it's yeah. right next to everything else that came out the oh yeah yeah and, and all these movies would come out and they were and, and that was their the secret like was that you could you take big concepts and then dumb it down not dumb it down but take big concepts and then and then you know tell a story within that big concept that alludes to the big thing you know like remember when we were in screenwriting classes in, in university they would call it scope and scope creep they, yeah, they, mm-hmm. because they would say, "Hey, when you're writing this, watch your scope creep," and 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 the reason being is, is like if you start to write in too much stuff in it, like all of a sudden, like and I know guys in this, the, 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 what they, when they read a script and they're and they're plotting out what the budget is, you know, you put in a bunch of scenes, like holy shit, like this is going to cost money, and then the budget comes back, and someone's going to say, "Oh no, we can never make that because yeah. the, the, the the scope is creeped up." And I remember in screenwriting classes them telling us that it's like watch your scope creep, like keep it tight, keep it tight. You like like. Can you can you do that, Roger Corman? If there's a big car crash, do you have to show the car crash, or mm-hmm. can you show them just walking out of the car crash? Because it's a lot cheaper to show them walking out of the car crash, and it's even cheaper to have the guy just walking, having left the car crash. So you don't even have to have the car in it. Like it's just right, like, yeah. Or just here, like I've seen all kinds of movies where they just do the sound, and then like you show smoke coming out of the car, and then yeah. somebody walks past the accident. Yeah. And I go, what's the deal? I was in a car crash. Okay, we've established <laughs> yeah. that he was in a car crash. And I, and I think, yeah, and it just all goes back to that same thing. I think Hollywood right now feels they have to show everything. And sometimes, like, also, like, a good example of this would be Scarface. Now, yeah. Scarface, um, and I think we've even talked about this before, like, the, the, the scene that creeped me out forever, where, where Scarface's buddy gets chainsawed in the bathtub, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and everyone remembers that as such an ultra gory scene. Well, it didn't really show anything. Right. Yeah. It was just it was just uh, the sound of a chainsaw, a little blood dripping and then a guy looking away with blood spurting on his face. It was just and the way it was cut cut together just alluded to ultra violence. Yeah. They didn't show anything. Same as Psycho. Same as Psycho when uh, the stabbing in the shower didn't show anything. It was just the way it was all cut together. And I think those to me stuck with me. But if you show everything like they're doing now in Hollywood, it doesn't as much because they're not leaving anything to the imagination. And, it, 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 and, and I think that's all part of the same story is that like hide stuff, keep it small and, and, and let people's brain uh, um, 
cover the gaps you know yeah and especially with hollywood now they're introducing uh, less and less new concepts too because they're just sort of cutting and pasting things together because since everything is a remake a sequel or a reboot which is all the same thing it's just begging borrowing and stealing for borrowing and stealing from the stuff before it and then they're just they're making adjustments but they're making adjustments by committee like we talked about before which Mm -hmm. makes it more saturated and less creative and just like makes you not want to go to the movies but 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 when you look at like and it's keeping people away from the movies now the theaters open back up again and you look at the suicide squad coming out that just bombed and black widow which bombed as well too i mean not like bombed bomb but they didn't make nearly the money that people thought they're going to make and they're probably going to lose money and i thought suicide squad was great i like that one a lot but hollywood is not doing well and i think like what we're seeing right now is is we're seeing the death of the blockbuster and they're going to start scaling their budgets down quite a bit after this because they're not going to be making their money back like they used to before. Those Marvel movies that would make $1 billion, that's not going to happen anymore. No, I don't think so because they don't... What's happened is the toothpaste can't go back in the tube right now, yeah. right? They opened up the streaming services and like 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 HBO is now getting all the Warner stuff. Netflix is buying stuff. They're doing, like The idea of going to the theater... It's got, especially like, fuck, I don't know. I was just over at uh, my brother-in-law's house. He's got a fucking hundred inch TV. It's like, like, oh, yeah. like, like, like we're hitting a point that that's like, what, what, what is the point, right? Is it just for the popcorn? Because you can get that same cinematic experience now elsewhere. But the problem is the money, right? Because where before yeah. you got a lot of money for going to theaters and now you don't, but all, like it, it, all it is, is it's a, it's a graph. It's a, it's a quadrant. Like, Hey, we can expect to get this type of money. Oh, well, we have to make it for less than this money and it'll be profitable. Right. The problem is Hollywood doesn't know how to make it for a little money right now. Mm-hmm. Throw everything at it. Like, fuck, just look at me like James Bond. Like how much was the budget for the latest James Bond movie? Well, this we one haven't released. It's the most expensive bond to date, apparently. Yeah. And it keeps getting delayed and delayed. And then also what happens too, like when, this stuff keeps getting delayed and delayed. More people lose interest in it. So it's it, it's like it pulls the momentum way back. Like if Black Widow would have come out right before Endgame or, or right after it even, yep. the momentum still would have been there. But two years after that, the momentum's gone. You know, And that's the problem. They're scared now to release it. What's the one I just read about today that's getting delayed again? Oh, there's the Shang-Chi uh, one, which maybe... No, well, I think Shang-Chi is too late for that to get delayed. Um, but no. it was... Uh, uh, it I just wrote about it too. I just wrote about it too. Venom. Venom. That's right. Venom was supposed to be out in September, and it got yeah, and it got delayed again. And they're scared because they put all this money into it, and they're like, "Fuck, we're not going to make our money back." And 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 like I said, I think I think we're seeing this turn. And you've also got what Scarlett Johansson suing. um, Oh yeah, Scarlett Johansson, Emily Emily Blunt, maybe. Well, Emily Blunt and also. um, Emma Stone. We're talking about suing them as well too. I don't know how serious they are about it, but they were they were all three. They're all those two were talking about it after Scar- uh, Scarlett Johansson. Because, it, I mean, the yeah. streaming the streaming in a way was going to save some of these guys because these contracts with the actor was like, hey, you get X percentage on the back end of the theatrical. And they're like, oh, fuck, at least we get the streaming money. But these guys are, but now the actors are basically saying, oh, no, that's ours too. We get that piece too. Yeah, so, and I the mean, streaming it, rights are going to be less money than the than the box office. Way less money. Too, so, yeah. Way less money. So they're going to have to figure, like, the whole point that we're talking about is these big movies that they're throwing just, like, my James Bond example is like, look at the recent one, which was probably made for half a billion dollars. Yeah. Like what was Goldfinger made for? Right? Like what was Dr. No made for? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, like basically, and these are the ones like, I get it. You can't make that movie. You, you can't go make a, a $1.5 million the spy who loved me anymore. Like you do, it's, it's not going to fly today, but you don't have to go as big as we're going right now. You don't have right. to like, and, and not every movie has to end with New York blowing up. Like, like, like there's we can we can we can 
we can bring these back. And I think that we're seeing this beginning of it where, and it's just like, it's funny that this movie Teddy made me think about all this was just that like Hollywood just tries to do too much. They throw money at everything to kind of solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And the problem is now they're losing money, but how are they losing money when, when smaller films can make money and they don't care about theatrical. And it's because they cost a fraction to make. They can still tell that same story. And it's pretty simple math. It's the same as any finance or economic stuff. Um, Spend less money than you make and you'll make money, right? Yeah. It's just simple math. So if you know that you can make a movie for $100,000 and it's going to make $200,000, well, you just made $100,000 and that's yeah. a profitable movie. If you're going to make it for $200 million and it's only going to make $150 million, well, you're losing money. And I think right now with streaming, no one going to the theaters, and I don't know if they'll ever kind of go back the same way they did before. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to readjust, and all these things we're talking about are, are what I think they're gonna have to do. And it's stuff that indie filmmakers need to employ. Where it's like, if the Roger Corman, okay, there was a car crash. What's the least we can do without taking away the impact of the car crash and still make everyone know there was a car crash? Yeah, because like the only reason, like, well, a lot of the reason that people are going back to the theaters is because of the spectacle stuff on the big screen, but. Like when people aren't going back for the spectacle stuff anymore, then Hollywood's in trouble, you know, when they're not able to lure people in with like the big explosions and everything anymore. And that's partially probably has to do with maybe like restrictions of the theaters or maybe people used to not going to the theater. Whenever people are away from going to the theater for an amount of time, they get used to not doing certain things. It's like when Mm -hmm. people weren't going to see sports for a while, they're getting used to not doing it. and, And the ticket sales were dropping on all of this stuff. So, and then plus, like you're saying, a lot of people have like, these huge ass TVs now, like 75 inch TVs. Now you can get for a couple grand where oh, before most, it would be like most. 10 grand to get something like that, you know? Yeah. And or I, you can get a projector. Like I have for like 120 inches and, or you can get that for like 120 bucks or a projector for a couple hundred bucks. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And people don't give a shit anymore mm-hmm. because the, 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 you can get that experience at home. I, I, I mean, I just, I think re- like, I don't know. I feel like the difference is like, if you look at like slasher films, like back in the day, when you were whether it's an exorcist or even friday the 13th like we were talking about before half the scariness of those movies came from the anticipation of of getting like like the lurking in the woods that costs no money that anticipation yeah and now you look at what they feel they have to do and it's show every bit of gore and that's what we got to do it's like fuck i was way more scared as a kid watching these tension movies of just like go like any slasher Mm -hmm. movie or like the not showing is is almost scarier than the just outright showing all the gore now don't get me wrong like a like a like a brain dead or or like uh um uh dead alive or also alive yeah yeah yeah, dead alive uh also known as brain dead stuff like that fuck i love that shit don't get me wrong over the top gore love that shit especially all the fucking like tokyo gore police and all the different shit that came out from all stuff i absolutely love it but there's a way to do it where it's 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 like a set piece or or it's done cheaper you don't have to throw all this cg and stuff like i just think they have to reinvent themselves yeah there's a better way to do it and the thing that brings people back to the theater is like well the thing that you miss by not going to the theater is like i mean i love watching movies in the theater especially like the imax screens and everything because the sound and all that but like it's the communal experience because watching a movie with a bunch of people when you go into theaters now there's like barely anybody in there you're almost watching a movie like a ghost town uh but like the communal that's like what worked really well with the midnight movies and everything else like that but there's got to be a formula other than just like effects or explosions to bring people in there's got to be something that makes it a communal experience or people to react to and those midnight movies like 
Toxic Avenger or like Halloween always do well on those because it provides that communal experience. But if it's a, a remake over and over again and you forget about it a day after you watch it, that's not going to give you that communal experience with a bunch yeah, of people. So like oddly, there, there's probably I could see a, a revival of the B movie, right? Yeah. That, that basically is like, hey, no, we, this movie was made for an ultra low budget, but it caters to the fans. It's something that they want. And we only show it after 8 p.m. and it's playing for a fucking week and a half. Right. And then all of a sudden this B movie idea of like, Hey, no, no, no. We, what do you do? We play the mainstream movies all day. And then at night we play these fan favorites and, and, and they're B movies. Now, of course, like a Hollywood studio would be disappointed. It's like, Oh my God, we're only playing at night and only a week and a half. Yeah. But for some indie guy who's like, no, 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 we want to make cult movies. We want to make B movies. There's a total play for that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, like I think you could see that type of stuff, especially like, don't, don't, it's not going to be too long before the theaters have to switch to like almost a demand model where it's like, everything's going to be fed to everything already is fed digitally. There's no big reel that gets shipped to a theater. anymore. Yeah. They just, they just receive a file and push, push play. Right. There's no, so there's no reason the next step isn't kind of like, Hey, we're just running, you know, toxic Avenger five. Uh, and it only runs 8 PM Friday and Saturday. Well, you can do that. It doesn't cost the theater any, anything more and it doesn't cost the distributor anymore, but you could do that. But the problem is, is like, is this, is this a theatrical movie? But I think there's a model that would say like, no, indie film and B movies and shit can get back in the theater because if there's enough demand in fucking your city to show it, fucking yeah. show it, show it. Like, like, like it doesn't like you, you get rid of these restrictions on it. And there's still a model. Like, you know how it works where it's like, the theater is getting its cut. Then the, the, the studio is getting its cut and then they have to run it for a certain time. And then they get access to the inventory before, like, it's all a big, I don't want to say scam, but it's like mm-hmm. a, it, it's like a big political deal that the, the deal that the, the theaters have with the, uh, with the distributors and with the studios to make sure their movies get enough playtime to get money. Right. But if you really open that up, fucking B movies and, and, and horror movies and indie films should be getting their time in, in, in the theater. I think. Yeah. If they can find a way to get like a sense of community for people to want to go to the theater, I think that's what will bring people in. If they can have a good time and they yep. can go there with their friends and they could be a different experience than watching at home. And that's kind of like what the Alamo draft house does, but a lot of those or locations did. sadly kind of went out of business. Bankrupt? Yeah. A lot of them did. I don't know how many are still around anymore, but that's what they were doing. I never actually got to go to one of them, but I wanted to go really bad, but it, by the time I left LA, that's when they that's when they I actually up having one up pull up there. But it is interesting. I actually thought that that concept was kind of awesome, like just a yeah, small definitely. a small theater that was community based that didn't necessarily run big studio films. They would run whatever the fuck they wanted to run if people wanted to see it. Yeah, and like and I I think there's a great yeah there's a I, I wish. I think I don't know like it's a good model. Like to me, it makes sense. It, you know, but you need to. The, the, the big problem is everyone watching shit at home but do they yeah and speaking of which there's a concept that hollywood hasn't made yet and it's one step uh, above the indie filmmakers that made this movie called bad blood which is about a weird frog oh so yeah. i take the werewolf concept but it's a, a human that turns into a frog it's kind of like got a mad scientist thing going on and they have to inject this green serum to stop them becoming like a frog human sort of like kind of reminded me of like a little bit of a humanoids from the deep thing going on and another concept that uh is way above hollywood is uh terror at blood fart lake that i watched before too. <laughs> now you won't see them putting that in the theater 
<laughs> which, which was sort of like trying to be like a, like a Friday the 13th, but it's this guy named Chris Seaver. Have you ever seen his movies before? Now, this is on Tubi. And it was funny because I saw like all these people like making comments about Tubi and I was looking for <laughs> indie movies on there. And they're like, Tubi is like the ultimate platform for just like sleazy, um, what sleazy guilty pleasure movies and i'm like that's true there's so many like sleazy like low budget b movies on there but this one is kind of like you now the to avoid budget in this they sort of try and do like their own friday the 13th thing they have the legend about the guy killing people there but it's basically like a play it's just people talking and it's sort of like a kevin smith movie the dialogue is super profane but it's funny and kind of creatively profane in a lot of it it's way over the top acting it's something that's either going to really annoy you or you'll find kind of entertaining or you'll find entertaining for a while and then probably turn off but the guy's got a big fan base and he and he does not well amongst like micro people or people that love like micro movies that are into it. I know that like the people that like his movies are really diehard into it, mm-hmm. but it's like it's something that he does that's unique. And clearly, he doesn't spend any budget on because like most of his stuff is like just super micro. Yeah, there, there, we, we've we've come across enough <laughs> of those guys. So yeah. I think I, I do think like moving forward on the podcast here, we should always be talking about uncovering stuff yeah. that people don't know about. We need to concentrate more mm-hmm. on the indie stuff. Uh, which is just kind of like, and, and, and where it's like, hey, let's highlight some more more really indie stuff and, mm-hmm. and get people watching it, but talk about these concepts more. By the way, um, just I had to look this up because I was thinking about it. Like, is a were frog a thing? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it made me think, what does the word were mean in werewolf? And so I had to look it up while you were talking. So oddly, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. So the were in werewolf means man. So it's mm-hmm. man wolf. Right, so the okay. where the where is old English for man, oh, and the wolf. I learned something and, and, today. So there you've learned something. So <laughs> yeah. yes, man frog. No. A were frog is a man frog. So, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the idea, this, this idea now, like so realistically, that means you can mm-hmm. do it anywhere, right? So you could have yeah. a. They actually use the word were rabbit, so you could mm-hmm. have a were rabbit, which is like yeah. a, a, mm-hmm. a man rabbit. Mm-hmm. So realistically you can use this elsewhere so the Mm -hmm. concept of a werewolf is not necessarily just for wolves Mm -hmm. like we can have a were frog you can have a were Mm -hmm. rabbit it's basically just means man meets that of course werewolf became popular because it's kind of cool but there's a lot less cool stuff that we can do uh you can do with it so that there there, there's something for indie filmmakers knowing Mm -hmm. that the uh, were frog has just been is, is out there yeah but that means that literally how many other species of animals are out there? That this is an endless, true. You can endlessly tap this, endlessly tap this. So, so all it is is take an animal and mix it with a man. Yeah. And, and then just put where, and then that animal name. So you can literally like where. Didn't turtle, that like Wallace and Gromit turtle. movie? Wasn't it called like the curse of the weird rabbit or something like that? Like there was Probably. a, Maybe that's yeah, why or like, I think there was something like that, but there, I remember like this book when I was a kid, it was, a, it was called like Bonicula and it was about like a bunny that like turned into like a vampire, like a vampire bunny. It's kind of funny. He was eating carrots and then he was like, had this vampire habit after that. But like, yeah, that's right. You could have like a weird, you could, anything. You could have like anything. a weird a chihuahua, a weird so chihuahua. basically <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just going to look up right now um a oh, random oh. A, a random animal okay. generator online here okay so basically you can put the word where in front mm-hmm. of it and here's your like i've got six movies right here okay because you can you know, we can even come up with a plot actually this one would be kind of cool a were boar like Ooh, a yeah. boar uh-huh. like a you know with his tusks mm-hmm. like, like yeah. a, a half man half boar that kind of goes through the amazon or something that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing a were ant armadillo might be a little weird 
That would provide like bulletproof protection, probably. It would be a wear yeah. badger, a wear badger. I like that. A wear, what about a wear Vereen? Like Wolverine? A wear, wear, <laughs> a wear hyena. You could do a wear yeah, hyena. Yeah, no, that would be freaky. That was like the freakiest man, the freakiest oh. animal human hybrid in the island of Dr. Moreau was the hyena were the hyenas. Hyenas. Hyena, yeah. Well, hyenas are just creepy fuckers, mm-hmm. regardless. I'm not sure how a wear fish would do, like any sort of wear fish. But that's a mermaid. That's really a mermaid. Yeah. You know, you know what? I think that's gonna be the next big mm-hmm. thing. That's I, I like I mm-hmm. th- there there's been a couple I've noticed online. There's weird, creepy videos mm-hmm. that are clearly faked about mermaids. Like, and yeah. that, like that mermaids aren't really these kind of like, oh, it's a cute little mermaid fish girl there. They're like the ones that are coming out are creepy. And right. then there was that weird, super ultra low killer mermaid movie. or the, the yeah, siren. Called, I think it was just, yeah, it was just called mermaid, wasn't it? Where there's one called mermaid, mermaid, one called killer mermaid, one called siren. They're all about like, yeah, killer uh, mermaids. Yeah. I think there's a good mermaid movie out there in some definitely right now. I think mermaids, like the idea of half human, half fish that fucking exist has not been explored uh, good enough. Yeah, just turn splash into a horror movie. I mean, they yeah, kind of did like well, well, with the movie um Shape of Water, you know, that was like sort of like elements of horror, elements a- of horror, elements of like well, it wasn't, it was a merman, basically. Was but he it? wasn't like really, but he didn't have like, he didn't have fins or anything. So that wouldn't be a merman. It was just like a fish was, man. It was, was like, clo- he was creature from the Black Lagoon is what it was. He was closer yeah. to Swamp yeah. Thing than he yeah, was yeah. a, a, mm-hmm. a merman. That's true. Yeah. But but he still was a fish man. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. a, he was a werefish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Werefish for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, but I, I think, mark my words, maybe <laughs> it's hard to make, but I think there, yeah. like within the next few years, we're going to see mermaid or merman or man fish mm-hmm. needs to be someone's gonna make one that be like holy fuck that's kind of cool it just has to be done properly actually i guess aquaman's kind of a he would be like a merman or like king namer i don't know if like technically if like merman was i mean if you're a merman you don't have fins like female mermaid does i guess so you, you could probably have legs and be like a fish man and be yeah. considered a merman i don't know i'd have to look up the definition of that but well no, i think yeah i'd have to look up the differences other we've got from, on one end of the spectrum we have swamp thing yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, we have Aquaman, who's just mm-hmm. a human that can breathe underwater. Right, right. Uh, and then in the middle, there's mermaid and merman that are kind of like mm-hmm. a human. But you've got yeah, the guy from Shape of Water. There's always – yeah, I, I just feel that – well, Aquaman is Aquaman. It he's, he's didn't really get explored. But there needs to be like a horror – scary version of mermaids or mermen because i've noticed that online right now they have yeah. these, these fake videos and none of them are like oh look at this sexy mer- mermaid they're all fucking like creepy skull headed creatures right. that, that, that like like fuck we found a real life mermaid and i was like that would be scary that would be that, that there there is a there is something mm-hmm. there i think mermaids well, they could do something just like splash where like he's dating like a mermaid girl that like merges in or he has to hide the the fins or whatnot and then she just starts like but she has like a carnivorous impulse and she just starts like slaughtering all these people and then he keeps all the bodies hidden because he's in love with her and then people come after her and try to take her out at the end but that would be like but that would be basically like the horror version of splash pretty much if she Carolina was slaughtering people yeah didn't Disney just come up with some movie where there's two cartoon mermaid men who who come and hang out, but they look like kids? I don't know about that. Maybe they did. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, you, you don't have kids. I okay. do. There yeah. is there is one there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one about that. But you know, I can see the groundswell mm-hmm. of the more friendly version of the mermaid. Yeah, yeah. And that, mm-hmm. and that means that the R-rated version is coming soon. I feel. That, that's going to be a a, a swing. There's something that's yeah. going to happen soon. There's going to be a horror merfish mm-hmm. uh, uh, or mermaid, merman, mm-hmm. human fish 
there's gonna there's gonna be something notable in the next oh you know oh dude watch like the movie dagon that's awesome that's the um that's the hp lovecraft well it's taken from the hp lovecraft book but Stuart gordon did it it's like a Mm. 90s movie i think like early 90s or maybe early 2000s but i think it was in the 90s but it's about basically like this this couple that gets stuck on this island and it's all like fish people and the fish people all like worship this like fish god the dagon thing but they all like all are like turn into hideous creatures and like attack him it's like uh, the whole people on the island these fish people are like a big cult and everything but that's a pretty cool movie with some pretty freaky looking fish creatures on it and yeah. i think that's on one of the streaming platforms like hulu or i think it's on amazon it's one of those but um yeah. i do think also like just in general like it is funny that we talk like like, like a lot of people are talking about space and space always comes up yeah we still don't we still like they're they're still finding creatures at the bottom of the ocean that are like wow this is new didn't know oh, this yeah. thing was here before. I went to the the Long Beach Aquarium and and it had the freakiest thing I'd ever seen. It was this Japanese spider crab, and it, the one I saw was like three feet, but it has like these these legs that kind of like bend, and it looks like a freaking um, trifid, like those things from War of the Worlds. But like you take like a like a yeah, weird like crab face long. on it. And but they have ones that are like up to like six feet tall and they live down at the bottom of the ocean. So the farther that you go down in the bottom of the ocean, the more horrifying the creatures get down there. Yeah, that was (laughs) that was uh megalodon versus shark to puss. No, it was one of the one of them, yeah, is exactly that where they they created a submarine. The whole idea of the movie is the submarine could go Mm -hmm. deeper than any before. And and what was it? They actually was like, oh, we thought this was the bottom of the ocean, it wasn't. And right, right. There's that like reef it. area below the trench or the whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Below the trench. And then they yeah. uncovered a megalodon yeah. and a crocosaur. Was it a crocosaur? Yeah, yeah. Crocosaur versus me- and then of course the megalodon and the crocosaur followed them back. And then they started attacking all the boat and they were unleashed on humanity. So yeah, there are that that's that that is that these storylines have been we've seen these in horror films. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, but that is scary shit. That is scary shit that you don't you don't know all the stuff that's down there. But I mean, yeah, I think that that's it. Out of all, I, I think too, you're gonna see more. But how like that could be a fucking good like like talking about the concept of keeping a huge concept and making it small. Like imagine just a dude who's like walking around and he just starts slaughtering people, and over the course of it, we realize that he's actually a merman. Like he's got hidden gills. Right, right, like yeah. That. Like we don't have to show him in the water. We don't have to show the big discovery. And we don't just this. Like let's just allude to it, and it's a surprise ending at the end when he like starts strangling people and he can breathe underwater. Or you establish, like that could be right in the middle of the script. Like holy fuck, you can. Well, that's kind of like that guy, the character from the boys, is kind of like the Aquaman guy. How he has the gills, yeah. you know? You yeah. can make that as kind of like a horror guy. There was that that movie a two called like Spring, which is about the guy that that falls in love with the girl. That's like the she has all the different all the centuries of all the different creatures that have existed and whatnot. She's a compilation of them, but she had like that weird thing where she turned into a fish creature for a while. That was yeah, pretty yeah. cool. But yeah. she was slaughtering people to stay alive though. True. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's what I mean about the big idea. <laughs> we could wrap it all together. The big, like imagine you could do a slasher movie. Yeah. All of a sudden, like right in the middle of the movie, probably in your mid act crisis or whatever, like kind of right in the middle of the movie. They grab the, 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 he grabs a guy and then, you know, they fall into a lake or something, but he's able to breathe underwater. And you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. Able to breathe mm-hmm. underwater. And then, then all of a sudden we establish that. And then for the rest of the movie, you're like, fuck, he's a merman. He's a, he's a, he's a merman. And, and then we can, he can tell someone a story. I was like, no, there's, there's fucking thousands of us and we're going to take over this fucking world, you know, like, and I'm just coming in here on it, like, blah, blah. And you establish the big world. You never have to show it. Right. Yeah. Like maybe he's, maybe he's about to mm-hmm. return back to his merman like roots 
and then they murder him at the at the end. But then we allude to another. There's other. There's other merman around, and they're they're invading this. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, I like that. Tell, you yeah. can tell this huge story, but you don't have to actually show the whole story. And I like the idea of like there being like an evil kind of Aquaman or evil kind of Prince Namor character. Yeah, that, evil too. Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, there, there you go. So if, if there's a filmmaker listening to this. That's it's just basically the sell the pitch is it's evil Aquaman, mm-hmm. but there's thousands of them and they're ready, yeah. they're they're finally ready to take over mm-hmm. Earth. That's a big concept, but all we have is the one guy. We don't we don't don't establish it till halfway through the movie when he drowns a guy and he's able to laugh and hang out underwater. And then we establish afterwards that, that he's that he's like just this first lone warrior, but he gets killed before he returns to the water. And we understand that there's there's all these mermen who are want to want to take over take over uh you know the the air breathers yeah and uh and then we established the, the sequel at the end of it you could do that super low budget yeah or he lost his Big rights story. to the to the throne underwater so he's all pissed off and he wants to create it above ground by turning people into his fish human slaves or whatnot no or he's them. just <laughs> like they, they, all these mermen have been <laughs> hiding underwater because they just don't they're, they're like fuck we can't we can't beat the air breathers they got us and this guy's like, we can take them out. They're not as tough as you think. So he's basically, you know, he he goes to Manhattan, just like Jason, and he just starts slaughtering people. But he doesn't know he's being bad. Mm-hmm. He looks at all the all people as the enemy, and he's like, these guys are easy to kill. Like, fucking yeah. I, I could murder all these guys. But we we just think of him as a slasher until halfway through the movie when we realize that he's a merman on a mission. Yeah. Or <laughs> you have, a, like, the movie, remember, uh, remember the TV series V, where it's like, Life it's all like the reptilians? Awesome. So you could have it like that where they're, but it's like aliens, but from below, because you always think about aliens from space, but aliens actually underwater and they're trying to merge in and take over society, but they're actually like yeah, fish people that are trying to take people. over. Yeah. But hiding the fact that they are. Yeah. Yeah. V was awesome. And the mm-hmm. remake of V, I actually like the remake of V too, when they brought back. The I never movies. saw the remake of it, but I loved like the original. I think I saw oh. like maybe like two episodes of the remake of it, no, but I just loved like the original, too. like Freddie eating that rat. That's one of the main things that I remember oh, from that is eating that rat out by the dumpster. And it I love was, the, you, know, you know what? And the kind of we'll, we'll kind of slowly end here because we've had a long rambling podcast but speaking of the alien ones do you remember um it was a tv show but it's based on a movie oh, fuck what was it and it was like way after talking about big concept going small there was a buddy cop movie where they were alien there was an alien uh-huh. uh, and then they made it into a tv show we're talking about uh, alien nation alien nation yeah yeah, yeah. fuck that was awesome yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah. I was one of the only I thought I was one of the only guys that actually liked it. But it was like what I really liked, and it goes with the same concept. It's like we don't have to show the alien invasion; we've established mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah, but there's aliens, and just a little bit of makeup makes them look like aliens because they kind of look and act like us and talk like us. Because of course they learned how to speak English. But then you've got this like we're all past all that, so we don't have to show the big budget CG shit where it was like the aliens attacking and all that type of crap. We just know that aliens live among us. And I thought that was such a cool concept that it was like aliens and humans living together. And then they had the movie, which I remember when I went and saw it in the theater. So I was like, this would make a great TV show. And then yeah. later on, they did make it into a TV show. And it was fucking rad. I loved the oh, yeah. It also reminded me a lot of They Live because They Live is a lot like it. Where oh, aliens, definitely. Where yeah. There's aliens that live among us. But that's They Live is another great one that was lower budget, 
but told a bigger story that aliens are with us because they fucking for half the movie they walked around you never even saw that they were aliens. yeah another one that's great like that is the hidden if you've seen that one with uh Colin yeah. McLaughlin and michael nori were but they do like all the ones that do that they basically like take like that body snatchers angle so they can save budget and they show like the alien for a little bit as it comes out of the person or infects the other person or when it turns into the creature towards the yeah. end but through the majority of the time it's inside of another person hiding inside of the host and taking over yeah that's fucking great it's a great yeah. concept and actually the whole idea i don't we'll, we'll end on this one because we've been going long enough but like first off invasion of the body snatchers which is is been uh, like first off awesome movie like an original horror movie and the concept's been taken over and over and over and over again but it's a great like that's a something that people are scared of losing control of their body it's a yeah. great a constant fear among lots of people um so to take that though but the best part about it is it's like it's the same guy you don't have to show anything there's no special right. effects when you get your body taken over so really when you talk about cost of making a movie about a guy getting his body taken over it doesn't cost you anything because it's just an actor but it's such a cool concept and they did that with aliens always oh, really an alien but he looks like a human yes because they can cloak themselves and right. it works on another level too so it's not only is it the same person that's the host but it works on another level of fear because it's the person that you've known for a long time is it is now a different person and you don't know whether yeah. you can trust him anymore that thing too yeah that's cool and you don't have to there's no special effects involved it's just an actor it's trying to act a different way which is like that's again big concept how can you make it small so anyway i think that's a pretty good place for us to stop and i think yeah. uh watching teddy and motivating this entire conversation has made me think yes we do got to concentrate more on the hidden gems and movies that people need to see that kind of set the bar for indie film and people need to think more we need to arm and motivate indie filmmakers more so and talk about stuff that they're making so you know maybe moving forward we're going to concentrate more on that shit so yeah. um do you have any final words yeah i want to recommend one movie um that is now this is a, i haven't seen the movie but i saw the trailer and the trailer emulates everything that like forward-thinking independent filmmakers are going for when they're one step ahead of hollywood in this case probably 10 steps ahead of hollywood it's called cgi ape or cg ape I think it's CGI ape or CG ape, one of the two. But like, I thought it was it's, CI ape. Oh, that's right, CI ape. Okay, okay, CI ape. But it ends like, well, in the the still for it, like the thumbnail of it is like an ape flying through the air and like a flying shark behind the ape, and it looks like so they finally merged like apes with sharks or apes versus sharks, and it looks like they totally ripped off the concept of sky sharks because the main bad guy looks like the bad guy, it's like the Nazi bad guy with the cape and everything. And so he's probably puppeteering these like sky sharks, but uh, whoever made sky sharks, I hope you got some money. <laughs> so, uh, well, all that has to be known is that um, they finally make, merged. If you're, if you're gonna merge like monkey movies and uh, and sky sharks, yeah, I'm I'm watching. I'm I also thought it was kind of funny that like it's clearly like a PG movie, but like they have like Nazi bad guys in the PG movie. But I guess that wouldn't be the first time. But like, and then in this one, uh, clearly. This is like you know, Hollywood. If they made this movie, they would spend probably like two hundred million dollars on it. Indie company makes it; they just use some low budget computer effects. Probably spent like ten million on it. I don't know. I don't know what the budget is, but it's going to be hopefully far less. less. Hopefully less. Yeah. With stuffed, with stuffed by animal monkeys and, <laughs> yeah. and, and low budget CGI. Okay, well that's it for this one. I feel like we uh, covered off a lot of stuff on indie film. A lot of films there that if you haven't seen, you should see and uh definitely motivated me to make sure we're talking more about the indie stuff and and, and making sure people uh, are seeing a bunch of you know cool indie films that they might not know about so i think that's a good direction for us to keep talking about so if you enjoyed what uh, brad and i were talking about here go to deadharvey.com 
and uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Follow us on social. Um, subscribe to the podcast, whatever it is. The more we have uh, you guys following, uh, the more we can uh, talk about, and the more we can get information out there. And if you're making a film or you're making a project or you got anything, tell us about it. We'd, be, we'd love to chat about it or even chat with you. Maybe we can all do a podcast together and talk about some projects that are going on out there. So, um, yeah, deadrv.com. Like us, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. You're locked in right here into whatever it is you've been putting inside of you. Works its way out. It's what's inside of me. I think a lot of people are going to die.